Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those braving the dark with us for the first time, welcome. The full moon is the lunar phase where the moon is round and completely illuminated. It is at the height of power, a sign of rebirth and peak of clarity. But when the moon glows brightest, it shines a light in the darkest corners of the earth. The moon becomes a menace, waking all of the beasts that otherwise would lay dormant in the dark. First, a game turned into a haunted reality, followed by a bad morning that keeps getting worse. Then, terrifying family origins. Finally, in our featured story, Dark Secrets Uncovered. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarl. So, want to hear something scary? Menacing Moon They say that art imitates life, but when we create things so frightening for entertainment, we are sure to bring those things into reality. Like in this hair-raising letter from Sayuri Sheikh. Dearest Marquia, I had moved to a rather quiet neighborhood with no other houses in sight. I didn't have any friends yet because I had switched schools, but I didn't care. I always thought having friends was overrated. I would rather be a lone wolf. It was one of those restless nights. The moon was full, the winds were howling, and it was raining heavily. I was wide awake at 3 a.m. playing my favorite game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. The unsettling, disturbing graphics in this game were what had caught my attention. It was also probably why I was never able to sleep. There was this character called Bill, 
He had the scariest attire. He was a zombie clad in a dusty white coat. Most of his skin was torn, dangling from his bones. His jaw was covered in a layer of blood. His arms were ripped clean off and his eyeballs swung from the veins out of their sockets. There was a big axe plunged into his head. His legs were supple and covered in mud. Yeah, he definitely freaked me out. Excited to have finally unlocked level three, there was no way I would sleep, even though my body was aching for rest. I was deep in the game when I thought I saw something move past my window. It was probably just my eyes playing tricks on me after staring at the screen for so long. Suddenly, a lightning bolt struck and I saw something again. I paused the game and went over to the window. With the full moon, I could see the trees rattling in the storm, but it was still pretty dark. Then lightning struck again and I lost my breath. I was face to face with it. A tall, thin man. He was wearing a coat and had no eyes. They were just dark, black holes. Sticking straight out of his head was an axe. It was Bill. I was paralyzed with fear. My mind wasn't imagining things at all. It felt real. It was real. I am not the type of person that gets scared easily. I was known in my family for being fearless, but in that moment, fear was coursing through my body. Bill started limping towards me. I tried to scream, but my voice wouldn't come out. I tried to run, but my legs wouldn't move. I stood there, transfixed. My mind was in full panic. My body was releasing adrenaline uncontrollably, but all I could do was stare at the monster that was now pressed against my window. I kept looking at him. After what felt like an eternity, he raised a finger to his lips. I leaned in. Was he seriously asking me to keep quiet? There was a moment of calm. Then his fist busted through the window pane and he grabbed me by the throat. I could smell the stench of his rotten breath filling my nostrils as I gasped for air before everything went black. The next morning, I woke up to a pounding headache in my parents' bed. When I asked my parents what had happened, they said a tree branch broke through my window and must have scared me so badly that I passed out on the floor. I panicked. I knew Bill was in the house. I tried telling them what really happened, but they insisted I was only dreaming. I wasn't surprised. They didn't believe in ghosts, let alone zombies and werewolves. But I didn't either until that night. I searched the house and nothing. I felt good about that until I went back into my room. I went to pick up one shard of glass my mom had missed when she was cleaning and stuck on the end was a small piece of torn fabric from a dusty white coat. I immediately went to turn on the game. I was still in level three, but no matter where I searched, there was no sign of Bill anywhere. 
which meant only one thing. He was here. My fear now was that by the time I found him, it would be too late. Sincerely, Sayuri. Thank you so much, Sayuri, for sending this letter to us and sharing your experience. I do hope that you're able to find Bill before he finds you. How about you, listener? Have you ever had a supernatural experience that was so wild no one believed you? Do you believe in zombies and werewolves? Is there a game or a movie that is just too scary for you to play or watch? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Waking up from a deep sleep can often be disorienting. Even if you wake in the comfort of your own bed, there's still that moment of fear while you're engulfed in darkness. Waking up somewhere unfamiliar can extend that moment into something even worse. Like in this story written by Dennis Culver. Caught woke up starving. She was in the old shed out back behind her house, but couldn't remember how she had gotten there. She had a sudden flashback where she was running. Something had chased her back here. She had hid here last night where it was safe, but she had no idea what she had been hiding from, and that scared her. Her memory never failed her like this. She peeked through the cracks of the shed, It was daytime. The backyard was a mess. Chairs were overturned and something had trampled all of the flower beds. Something had been out there looking for her. Caught decided it was safe enough to leave. Plus, she was ravenous. She had to eat something soon. The shed door would not open easily 
and she realized one of the overturned chairs was blocking the door. After a lot of effort, she managed to open the door just enough for her to squeeze through. As she walked across the backyard, she realized she was limping. She must have heard it last night, but she didn't feel any pain, only hunger. The sliding glass door leading into the house had been smashed to pieces. On one hand, that at least was fortuitous because she didn't have her keys. But whatever had happened last night must have been sudden and from the looks of things, violent. Caught made a beeline for the kitchen, but was shocked to see that the fridge had been cleaned out. The pantry was bare too. She started to worry about her family when suddenly there was a loud crash. Caught watched from the kitchen as her mother and sister ran into the living room. They both looked terrified. She made eye contact with her mom who grabbed her sister by the arm and yelled, run. As the two ran out the front door, Caught tried to follow as quickly as she could. However, she was suddenly cut off by what was chasing them. Four men in tattered clothes shambled towards her. Their decaying flesh reeked and oozed. She remembered a little bit more about last night. There were zombies. Lots and lots of zombies. Speeding up, Caught managed to push them out of the way and limped out the front door. She had to help her mom and sister hide from them. Once in the front yard, she looked everywhere for her family but couldn't find them until she saw her sister's head bob down in the back of a minivan across the street. That was a good hiding place. Even better if they could find the keys. As she got closer to the van, she saw her mother screaming and pointing Caught turned around just in time to see the zombies closing in on her. She managed to get to the driver's side door, but it was locked. Before she could say anything, she heard the zombie growling behind her. She turned just in time, pushing it away as hard as she could. As it went crashing to the ground, she readied herself to fight the next one. At least her mother and sister would survive. They could escape while these things feasted on her instead. The zombies swarmed around her, mouths open and eyes blank. However, the zombies seemed to have other ideas. Pushing Caught aside, they charged the minivan. As the zombies broke through the windows of the vehicle, Caught tried desperately to yell at them, but only one word erupted from her throat. Brains. Caught's last thought before the zombie infection fully overtook her was a memory of the night before and the painful bite she received before making her mother and sister lock her in the backyard shed. Thank you so much, Dennis, for writing this zombie story for us. It's been a while since we've had a zombie tale. How about you, listener? Have you ever woken up disoriented from a deep sleep? How about going to bed in one place and waking up in another? Do you have a zombie survival plan? 
Do you think it would actually work? You might think that your relatives are bad, are even evil, but at the end of the day, they're still your family. Like in this poem written by M. In the depths of the forest, wandering souls attempt to find peace. I've tried. In my dreams, I see myself leaving the mountain, following the path down the hill to my home. The fog is lifted, the moon no longer full. I can return. Martina, my youngest, comes running with flowers she stuffs in her pockets. She hugs me. I spin her. I lift her in the sun. She looks me in the eyes. You've been gone long, father. I know, my child. I brush her rosy cheeks and say nothing. I look away from her gaze and lay on the ground. Tell me a story, father. The one mom used to tell us every night by the fire. And so I began. In the depths of the earth, there are moments when the sands of time stop in the glass of space, when hell, earth, and heaven are all connected, and the lives of the dead, living and divine, intertwine. The devil stood up and glanced at the sight above. Through a hole like a gaping window in the clouds, he could see green trees hugging an endless blue sky. Laughter of young women filled his bleeding ears. Girls playing by the river, white gowns drenched in cold water, sculpting their figures reddened by youthful shivers. A grain of sand bounced on the glass and the mirage disappeared. Present once again in his burning reality, echoing screams and distant cries reverberate. On the surface of a moonlit crimson lake, white chips of broken bones flew through smoky clouds of burning flesh. Like the trees fall, crushing dry branches under their weight, so bend and snap arms and legs in the underground. Watching the beauty of the world above, the devil wondered, just what was he punished for? He clenched his fists and clutched his jaw, and hell burnt hotter. He cursed at God and made up his mind. With hungry hands, he grasped the ground, rusty nails digging in his flesh as he molded, a bloody figure made of clay, half human and half beast, an abomination filled with jealousy the devil erupted in sickening laughter, and with a toothy grin, he spoke. Rise, my child. Rise and go after the human's wolf. But the wolf the devil made was unfazed by his command. Looking through the hole, a dove was watching it all. The bird flew away, and a feather fell, twirling to the ground, God's divine touch. Unheard whispers reached the wolf's ears. Rise, wolf, and go after the devil. And at that moment, 
the werewolf came to be. Dark as the night, he had fire burning in his eyes, sharp teeth craving blood and long claws so that no one could break loose from when he comes. Frightened, the devil ran and ran, but for no use, because no one is safe from the dark wolf. The wolf found the devil and ate him whole, free from his task. He jumped the hole and remained on earth, eating away at the creations of God. Martina stood up and emptied her pockets of the now wilted flowers. She dusted away her blood-stained dress and asked, Are we bad people, Dad? No, my dear. We are just doing what we have been told. Thank you so much, Em, for sending us this divine and dant poetry. A little of both. How about you, listeners? Is there anyone in your life you suspect of being a werewolf? What would you do if you crossed paths with one on the night of a full moon? In a world filled with social media and people putting their lives on display for all to see, there is something to be said for privacy. Holding secrets close could be the very reason you survive. Millie Emsworth was the darling of Broadway at the Nightingale Theater. She was performing her favorite role, Lady Macbeth. One night, just before showtime, she went into her dressing room and her heart dropped. Standing there was Obadiah Knox. She knew who he was, but she didn't know how he had gotten in. He was a tabloid journalist, and she'd been denying him an interview for ages. She decided to appease him so he would finally leave her alone. She told him she didn't talk about her personal life or do photographs. She would discuss the stage, but everything else was off the table. However, he kept asking her questions that were unrelated to her career. It became clear that this went beyond journalism. He was obsessed with her. Thankfully, Millie's manager Rex came to her dressing room, intervened, and called security. After the performance, Millie was waiting outside for her closest friend and biggest fan, Giselle, to pick her up. That's when Knox appeared again. She texted Giselle to hurry up. Knox crept in closer, telling her that he wanted to take her out for a drink. No, you're not my type, Millie responded plainly. Knox continued to press his advances anyway. Finally, Giselle pulled up at the stage door. Millie shouted a no as she slid into the car. Both women jumped as Knox pounded against the window. Giselle sped away, and from then on, Knox was banned from the Nightingale Theater. For a while, he still tried to worm his way past security every show, but to no avail. One night, Millie arrived early to prep in her dressing room, only to find an envelope taped to the door. He had gotten in somehow. She called Rex. She didn't want to call the police, that would just mean press, 
and she was adamant that any coverage be only about her talent. Just then, she received a text from Giselle. Come to my place. Now. No cops. Millie had a bad feeling. Why didn't Giselle call? This felt so cryptic. Rex handed her the envelope from her door. It contained a single old photo. She stared at it, shocked, then left without saying a word. When Millie arrived at Giselle's apartment, the door was partway open. She rushed in to see her friend tied to a chair, bloodied. On the table, there were antique playbills, old photographs like the one that had been in the envelope, and yellowed newspaper clippings, all about a woman named Millicent Emsworth. They went as far back as the 19th century. Knox appeared. Ever since our first meeting, I've been doing my homework. You've played many women, Amelia, Millicent, and now Millie. Tell me the truth. How is this possible? He then ordered her to come with him, and he pulled out a knife. Laughing, she asked, Or what? You're going to kill me? It caught him off guard how strangely calm she was. Still behaving as though he was beneath her, he thought to himself. So he moved toward Giselle. He would kill her instead. Before he could even react, his hand was crushed in a vice-like grip. His knife dropped. Somehow, Millie had closed the distance between them with supernatural speed. She now stood over him as he fell to his knees, racked with pain from his hand and arm. She opened her mouth, revealing a maw full of fangs. She hissed. For all your research, you still don't believe what I am? Knox whimpered and begged for his life, but he had sealed his fate when he threatened her friend. Millie wouldn't enjoy killing him, though. I prefer only the finest vintages. Like I said, you're not my type. She sank her fangs into his neck. Panicked, he fought back, but his strength seeped away, and within minutes, his body was drained of blood. Millie then untied Giselle, using a cloth to stop her bleeding. She couldn't afford to lose her biggest fan and most willing blood donor. Her blood type was rare enough, but to also have her devotion, that only happened once every few decades. It was tempting to sample some of Giselle's delicious blood so she could wash away Knox's flavor, but not tonight. Her friend had already lost too much blood. Shaken up, Giselle wondered out loud what they would do as she pointed out the bite marks on Knox's neck. Taking out her phone, Millie called Rex. He would take care of it. After all, what else is a vampire servant for? Rex asked Millie if she wanted tonight's show to be canceled. Millie smiled. Of course not, darling. The show must go on. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. 
Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Marquia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.